Greetings, beloved. This is Pastor Hamilton of the Pastor Hamilton Podcast, and I'm ready to launch another episode. And we're going to take a break from the series that I've entitled Holiness of Heart. And this episode I've entitled The Big Three Podcast. And it's about three men who've had a tremendous impact on my life and the lives of many others. And for the members of Christ Fellowship Church, there's a lot of history involved in this podcast, but I'm sure the other listeners will enjoy and understand how God has tremendously used these three men. As always, I love you with the love of the Lord Jesus Christ, and may God continue to richly bless you. Bye-bye. Well, beloved, it's my great pleasure to have a special guest on Pastor Hamilton podcast. I have three gentlemen who have had significance in my life as a man of God, as a servant of God. And what you will find is these are some powerful anointed men. We're gonna give them the opportunity to introduce themselves, give us a little bit about their background, and uh, then we'll get into the interview. But I have with me today the founding pastor of the Christ Fellowship Church, Bishop Enoch Butler. I have the founding pastor of the Reconciliation Community Church, Pastor John Payton. And I have the original elder and where Christ Fellowship had its first organizational meeting. Uh, and he's still very active, and that's none other than Dr. Rudolph V. Wiggins. So I'm gonna ask these gentlemen if they would introduce themselves and give us a little bit about their background. And uh, I'd like to start with Bishop Enoch Butler. Bishop Butler. Good morning, good morning, good morning. So wonderful to be with you this morning. And we just know that God has a very special purpose for us coming together. And so I, my name is Enoch Butler, and I was born and reared in North Carolina, Fayetteville. <clears throat> Went from there to Hampton Institute, as it was called then, to get my college degree. And uh, then and I uh, came out of the college and went into the army for three years. And from the army, I came out and started teaching in North Carolina for two years, and from North Carolina up to Washington, D.C., and taught, met my wife, had my family, and we lived in that area for almost 40 years. So, you know, I'm no young chicken, but um, <laughs> just uh, trying to serve the Lord with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. In fact, speaking of age, I am the oldest. No, Rudy is the oldest of his uh, I am 82, enjoying life and what Christ has for me to do. I love you guys, love all of you out there, be blessed, and one day we may see you face to face, and then we will say to you, be blessed of the Lord. Have a wonderful day. Amen. Now these tech, next two gentlemen are my, literally, my homies. Um, Pastor Peyton is from Tidewater area, and um, 
Pastor John Payton, pastor of Reconciliation Community Church. Pastor Payton. Originally from Hampton, Virginia, I graduated from Norfolk State after uh, coming out of the military and fighting Vietnam. Um, I was uh, ready to do whatever God wanted me to do. And uh, 1974, December, I was awakened by God three in the morning and he asked me did I love him and I said yes I said you've given me my education brought a new home I got a lovely wife and two little babies oh I'll go where you want me to go I'll do what you want me to do and then hey what I want you to do I said what he said I want you to pack your wife and two children put them in a U-Haul truck and go all the way to Colorado. And I said, Lord, I don't know nobody in Colorado and I don't have but about maybe $900. He said, go and I want you to leave in 24 hours. I looked back up to heaven and see if there's anybody else I could talk to. <laughs> but I opened up and in 24 hours, I packed up with my wife. We drove 1,800 miles to Colorado, didn't know anybody. Uh, we arrived there, of course, my mother-in-law back in Hampton said I was crazy and I went there and came back out of Colorado. 22 ministries wanted to hire me and a millionaire because I followed the Lord. God had people in. So pastoring by faith, gives me no problem at all because I work for the richest Jew in the world, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Wow, that's powerful. Well, my my true homie from Norfolk, Virginia, uh, longtime mentor, none other than Dr. Rudolph B. Wiggins, Dr. Wiggins. Well, thank you, everybody. I'm glad to be here and to be with these two men. I, I don't deserve that, but uh, the Lord only knows why he has me here with them. Uh, I am from Norfolk, went to high school there, and uh, left after high school, and I've never been back to live. Went to college. I've gone to three different universities, gotten a PhD, and uh, I've lived in Ohio, Indiana, Chicago, all over the place. And uh, I've taught in all the school levels, elementary, middle school, high school, college, graduate school. I've uh, been an administrator and a researcher. So I've had a, a varied educational degree for, I mean, educational experience for about 44 years. Uh, married to the same woman for 60 years before she passed, two children, six grandchildren, uh, and had the favor of meeting these gentlemen when I was in my early 40s. And uh, I didn't know the Lord the way they knew the Lord, but thank him that he led me to be in their presence and with them and my mother-in-law, they taught me some things and I listened. And uh, I've been a servant ever since then. And that was back in the 70s, 80s, rather. 
And uh, I look for opportunity to serve because I believe that's my calling. And uh, I'm going to do that until I go. And uh, as uh, Butler said, uh, I'm the oldest in the group, but uh, I'm not going to tell him how old I am because he's forgotten. <laughs> it's been a blessing. I had, and and he and I had the same birthday uh, on the twenty fifth of December, and uh, so uh, that's something that we have in common. Just glad to be here. Amen. Well, beloved, I've known these men since the nineteen eighties, and. Um, not only are we close in association and friendship and ministry, but the two churches uh, have a unique history. And in fact, Reconciliation Community Church and Christ Fellowship Church started on the same day, October 23rd, 1985. Uh, I just want to ask uh, Bishop Butler and Pastor Payton, uh, they would just kind of share with the audience, how that came to be, and um, I'm sure they will find it very fascinating. So whoever wants to start. Well, let me start. When, when I was eight years old, I knew that the Lord had called me to be a pastor. It was in October of 19, well, when I was eight years old, and my mother and I were walking in Fayetteville, North Carolina, and we ran into the pastor. I the pastor and I said, Pastor Dwelly, I want to be a pastor just like you. And from that moment on, I started trying to live the life of Christ. And I did well until I got into college. And it seemed like the roof fell in and I started going on my own way rather than the way of God. And for 13 years, I hung out there doing whatever I wanted to do and trying to become a man, what to do. But the Lord caught me again. We went to, my wife and I went to a revival in Washington, D.C. in October of 1971. And I knew the Lord, but I had not been spirit. I went to a revival with my wife and some friends. And I can't tell you this till this day what the man preached about. But when I came out of the church, there were tears running out of her eyes. And I, the Lord said to me, just as plain as I'm saying to you today, this is the time, now is the time. And I knew exactly what he meant. So I turned around and went back into the church. And I told the pastor that God had called me to come into the ministry. And from that time on, I have tried my best to live a life that would be worthy of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because I certainly don't want to hear him say, depart from me. I never knew you. And that's what the message that I try to give to people now is that if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, you're on a dangerous road because the Bible says narrow is the way. Straight is the way and narrow is the way that we go and the, uh, that lead 
contribution made to uh, eternal life. And it is that road that leads unto destruction. So I would, I would want my purpose in life is to get people through teaching and speaking of the word to realize that you have a choice. The choice is Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and allow him to fill you with his holiness, heal you in your spirit, soul, and body, and to use you to his glory, praise, and honor so that when your day comes to call and you join that innumerable caravan that is going in to either heaven or hell, know when you hear the sweet voice of Jesus saying, come, come and enter into the kingdom which was before the foundation of the world. And I have enjoyed uh, a wonderful life. Uh, Brother Rudy and I have been uh, since being born on the same day, but not the same year. Uh, we've been very close and shared much. Uh, by the way, Rudy has done a book, and if uh, you're interested, in, it's really a very beautiful book of uh, taking in uh, various places. So my job is to work with the young men and try to give them some wisdom as to what God wants to do with their lives. So that's what I'm uh, looking forward to starting very, very soon and uh, get out and preach and teach the word of God. Whoever will, let him hear. And that's the joy of my life, to be with people, to share with people, them understand that they must come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And back in uh, two, uh, uh, 1980, uh, and John and I were friends doing counseling, and we were both in Fairfax City, and he had an office there, and so we would see each other. And through John, I have come a long way. Uh, he's an excellent teacher. He's a very gifted person. John has also written a book. And uh, Walter, I guess you and I, well, I shouldn't say Walter, Pastor Hamilton, I guess you and I better get on the ball and write a book too. So but right. we started Christ Fellowship Church after being put out of a church there and uh, in, in Vienna. And here we are today. Well, with, with me, um, and Reconciliation Community Church, we started with 15 people. Uh, counseling so many church members in my counseling practice where I met Enoch, that the Lord told me, he said, the body of Christ is sick. They're not functioning. And mm. pastors that do have vision get their vision fulfilled because the members need healing. And so I started out with 15 people. And even today, when people ask me, how many members do you have? I tell them two or more. Because it don't, if you don't have nobody following you, you're just simply taking a walk. So I love counseling with Pat. I love counseling with Pat. 
to lay out their visions and teaching them how to get what we have. We have a participation in our ministry. And so I have churches that come other parts of the country on Sunday morning just to sit in and observe our membership or they come during the week and open up our books and let them see our new members class material and we teach them. I one of the biggest problems in the Christian education and uh, teaching people to fish and not giving them a fish. And so I enjoy pastoring. Uh, I promise you it was a calling from God because most people who know me, I was a lieutenant in the Black Panther Party. I came to Christ, the white man I was getting ready to kill for the revolution. Went to a church service Friday night. I went in one bad dude. I came out spirit filled. I left my knife, my cigarettes, my marijuana, my cousin, everything. And I haven't looked back. And I've been running for Jesus ever since. And so I love pastoring. I'm in preparation to turning over the ministry to my grandson because I feel that if one have not prepared a replacement, they have failed their mission. And the mission is more important than any of us. So we are embarking on 2,000 acres of land. Uh, we're going to be uh, building our new campus. Uh, we're going to have 250 homes for the elderly on there. We're going to have a place for unwed mothers, a place for battered spouses, a place for troubled teens, a 200-room hotel for men and women coming out of prison. We're going to have our Bible college with four dormitories. We're going to have an outdoor 3,000-seat amphitheater. Oh, yes, I have a vision. And God has the provision. And we're going to be hiring over 263 people full time. And I want to launch out churches all over the world. I'm talking about giving them enough money so that they can do the work for Christ. So that's where I'm at. I'm taking the world for Jesus because there are 8 billion people on the planet Earth. And 4 billion have not heard the gospel. And the average person in the church has not won a soul for Christ all year long. So some kind of way we're failing. And we must turn this around and let sheep be got sheep. Let's get this work over so we can go home. Even E.T. Mm. wanted to go home. So I'm excited about other pastors who are out to win souls. Because God knows this is not my home. I'm just passing through this place. I can't wait to see these. My, my, my. Well, as I alluded to earlier, the Christ Fellowship Church had its first organizational meeting in the home, Dr. Rudy and his then wife, Mary. And um, we've enjoyed a wonderful fellowship ever since. Dr. Wiggins, uh, whatever you want to share about that experience, We'd love to hear. Well, in 19, in the late 80s, 
mid to late 80s, uh, I met uh, Bishop Butler. And uh, my wife is always or was always a Christian. She was traditionally like children. She was brought up in Sunday school and church as a youngster. My background was just the opposite. I had probably never even been in a Sunday school class or did not attend church when I was a youngster. I was uh, considered myself an athlete and lived right across the street from the basketball court, the football field and the baseball diamond. And that's where I spent my time. So I grew up very differently. Uh, I wanted to be uh, a, an editor for the Norfolk Journal and Guide when I finished school. Didn't know what was involved in that. So when I went to high school, teachers always were impressed that I had this vision of being the editor of that newspaper. When I finished, didn't have any money because my family had 11 children and uh, I was the ninth one. <laughs> so uh, had no prospects of college. But somehow, the, I'm going to say the Lord did it, introduced me to the choir director at my high school who allowed me as a senior to come into the choir. I didn't know how to sing, but I started doing what everybody else was doing. And before my senior year was over, he had contacted his friend at Winston-Salem Teachers College, who was a choir director. And he, because of my high school record being good, he gave me a scholarship to go to school. I went to college expecting at that time then to change my, my, my focus and become uh, a, mathemat a mathematician. Got in the school and found out that they only offered elementary education, <laughs> but it was free college for me. So I, I finished and started teaching elementary school. Then I, I went on through, I've taught at every level, high school, middle school, high school, and then college and gotten degrees as I went through, but never ever focusing on the source of my provision. It was my wife and her mother who kept me steady and kept me. I went to church on Sunday, but it, that's exactly what it was. It was going to church. And it was because they said that was what I was supposed to do. And so I was always obedient. But somewhere along the line, God spoke to me and it became more than going to church. I realized that I'm a servant. And although I had been in education for those 40 some years, I served people, especially people who were interested in learning and improving their lives. And God started to use me then to serve people to come to know his son. And that's what I've been trying to do. It's been a little difficult for me because I didn't have the discipline that these two gentlemen had uh, on Sundays. I, it was a conflict with me going to worship service or going to the football game. And uh, I divided my time between both of them and uh, I managed and I've been faithful to serve, to teach. And I've taught the word of God for the last 40 years, I believe. And uh, 
I'm still a servant and I'm going to be a servant until he takes me away from here. He's provided Thanks, me God. all that I need. Praise God. Praise. Well, beloved, these men have touched my life in such a way that I'm the man I am today uh, under the pastorate and mentorship of Bishop Butler. Um, I have come to know what it means to walk by faith. Um, under the friendship and association of Pastor Peyton and the two churches getting together, I'm, we're going to talk about that in a minute. Um, he has imparted into my life. Um, just love being around him. Very humorous fellow, but he knows the word of God and, and he walks the word of God. He's a, he's a missionary. Uh, extraordinaire, and uh, hopefully we'll get into that. And then Dr. Wiggins, um, he continues to teach, and uh, he helped me develop as a young man. One thing he said, I'll never forget, uh, we were at a men's retreat, and uh, he mentioned that, you know, he doesn't have a problem cleaning the house, vacuuming, and all that stuff, and I was thinking, well, you know, that's, men don't do that stuff. But that changed my heart in terms of me becoming a servant to my, my family and more importantly to my wife. So that's the kind of impact these men had on my life and continue to do so. But I want to just transition and talk about the time when we got together uh, way back in, the, I think, in the late 80s when we had a men's retreat together. That, that was a foreign concept for me, but it, it changed my life. And uh, do you guys remember that first time we had to retreat together? Yes, sir. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, for me, it was life change. Um, and as I said before, um, comments that were made, the way brothers interacted together, I, I never experienced that before, particularly in the Christian setting. Um, but I, I never forget uh, the song we sang, Born to Lead. Yes, sir. Pastor Payton, can you share a little bit of that with us? Because they need to hear that. <laughs> yeah. I've always I've always been a Robin Hood man. And, uh, you know, bring the army together and let's all do something together. I, I love watching people get to know each other. Most people don't know each other. They can hang out for years and don't even know nothing about each other. We would get in that men's retreat on Friday night and we would have a time to share. And before you know it, a lot of the men in there were crying because yes, they were right. hearing that they too were struggling with. And we would talk about it and we would stop and pray for each other. I remember one of our men's retreat, there was a man who was living in adultery and he was so moved, he got up that Friday night, went back, begged his wife to take him back, came back to the men's retreat on that Saturday and been with his family ever since. Just from sitting Praise there God. talking, it was powerful. He said it was like his eyes opened and he realized what a stupid man he was being. And he had a wonderful wife and two wonderful sons. Now, the other thing I liked about 
our men's retreat is we would have a time where we could go and just walk alone or walk with somebody else. <clears throat> Most of the time, <clears throat> we are busy trying to make a living. In the men's retreat, we're just being together. No phone calls. No try to go by yourself and act like you don't want to be with others. You were called into accountability. Brother, how did you come to know Christ? We had people that came on the men's retreat and got saved. They never knew Christ. And it was an openness. And the other thing I think with uh, Pastor Butler and I, we were open. People don't want to hear you preach and you don't have no kind of testimony. You've never been no, through no other struggles like them, lust, uh, different things men go through. It was just a blessing watching pastors sit there and say, I have the same problem because I remember in one retreat, I was telling them, ask the Lord every day to keep me from killing one of them little lambs because church folk get on your last nerve. And, yeah, and when, they saw, when they saw the openness that we too are human beings and we struggle too, it opened up the door and everybody began to open up and talk as brothers. That's right. Yeah. Let me say this before I turn the floor over to Bishop Butler. Um, you, Pastor Payton and Bishop Butler, you are our men of vision that I've never encountered before. Bishop Butler, your legacy will live on for many, many generations unless the Lord comes, because we still engage ourselves in men's retreats and men's activities. We haven't done it recently, but we'll get back to it. But, uh, but Bishop Butler, you're the reason why uh, men are in a better position, at least I know at Christ Fellowship, because of your vision, um, your being able to see things that was non-traditional. So I don't know if you wanted to say anything about the men's retreat or uh, what prompted you and Pastor Peyton to get together, whatever well, you want to share with us. Uh we know we know each other from when I was at First Baptist in Vienna. Uh, he came to speak for us for a men's day. And from that point on, we just fell in love with each other, been together ever since. And much of what I have gleaned from him and uh, learned from him has been uh, supportive of what we are able to do today. God has used this man, John, in a mighty way all over the country, in uh, Honduras, in uh, Haiti, in Africa. So, you know, he's kind of a very wide open person who loves the Lord and wants to get things done. So having met him, uh, we decided that we needed to reach the young men by going out and having retreats. My first retreat was with the White Congregation, uh, Fourth Presbyterian Church over in Bethesda. And uh, we went on, a, La Greta and I went on a retreat with them for a weekend. 
And it just changed my whole perspective because that to me was what church was should be. And I used to be involved with a church called Church of the Savior right there in DC. And that church has just, I mean, it, it is the church. They have opened a hospital, a small one, right up in the heart of DC. They used to have, and I don't know whether they're still there or not, but they had a coffee house. And, the, and back during the 80s, you know, when the coffee house movement was prevalent, people would come in, drug addicts, whatever. If you had a talent, you could come in and display that talent uh, at the coffee house. Then they had something called For Love of Children. And they emptied what was the children's home in DC. They also, uh, it, 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 they bought a retreat center out in Maryland. And there was a man who was a traveling salesman and he wanted to be a potter. And he heard about this church, he went there and they accepted him. He lived right at the, the place that they had bought at the retreat. And he makes pottery, he's a well-known national, international potter now. And that to me was demonstrating, this is what the church ought to be about. And so mm -hmm. uh, I've, I've gleaned a lot from the comradeship that we've had and with Rudy and you, Walter, uh, it's been a blessing to be able to do what the church I feel is supposed to do. And that's, that's reach out and be a significant part of the community causing people to grow in Christ and become what they want, they, they, what God has called them to be. And uh, I used to tell Brother Rudy all the time, you ought to be writing a book because he, he, he is a wordsmith. And now he's got the book out that is full of scripture, full of beautiful pictures of flowers and insects and other, you know, uh, nature. And uh, he, that can be used to touch somebody's heart. So I just am blessed to have been a part of what's going, what is now uh, under the, the leadership of Walter and uh, to just continue to be a part of that is a blessing. Amen, amen. Well, Dr. Wiggins is the reason uh, your legacy continues for uh, us men at Christ Fellowship. And we've invited other churches to have their men to continue with this men's retreat. And, and uh, Dr. Wiggins, um, uh, I just wanna shout you out because you're, you're the planner, you're the teacher, uh, you do it all. And so I don't know if you wanted to add anything else about our experiences, uh, participants in men's retreats. Well, the, the men's retreat retreats have been a special, it's always been a special time because the younger men especially have this notion that manhood is tied up with being secretive. And the retreat is an opportunity for men to open up. It's a time where they're invited to come and to share whatever is on their hearts. 
And if you don't have anything on your heart, then something's going wrong in your life. And we've had, just as these two gentlemen have said, we've had men who have come and who have not been accustomed to being around other men who are willing to open up and discuss their lives. And when men come together and find out that there is going to be no harm or shame in sharing the things that they've done that were not consistent with the gospel. When they do that and they are accepted, the tears flow, the changes occur in the lifestyles. And our retreats were such that men were encouraged to be who they were, to reveal what God had said for them to reveal and to not to be ashamed. And that's been the blessing of the retreat. I have seen so many different men change their lives after the retreat. Now, I'm not, I'm a servant. When somebody comes up with the idea, I will be there to help to implement it. And if necessary, God will give me a word. I might help explain it and, and help develop it. But I'm one who serves the and the implementation. And men look forward to having someone, especially someone a little older than they are, to lead and to serve. That's what I've done. And uh, when I was working my last few years, uh, I was working with younger men in high school, senior year of high school. And these young men were introduced to the retreats. And Pastor, you and uh, Pastor Butler and Bishop Butler might have come over and talked some, conducted some seminars. That food has become extremely important. And uh, yes. he provides through it. And uh, we've been faithful to do it for the last 25 years almost. And uh, it's been very useful to people, I believe. And uh, I'll continue to do it. And I'll continue to do the things that he's called me to do, especially in light of the facility that he's given us uh, to have our worship services in. And uh, as for that book, uh, that's that's something that he wanted me to do. And uh, I, I don't understand it, but I've got a second one that I've just about finished now. I waited all those years to do one. And then within two years, I got a second one. So www.rudolphwiggins.com will give you all the information you need. Ladies and gentlemen, we have been truly, truly by these great men. And I've entitled this episode, The Big Three. Are you witnessing what they shared with us? You can understand why, but these are men who are doing great things and have had a great impact on thousands of people. And, um, and they're my brothers, they're my mentors, and I love them with the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you can, you can feel the love they give to me. So I just want this podcast by blessing them, that God will continue to meet all of their needs according to his inexhaustible riches and glory by Christ Jesus, our Lord. 
If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, Bishop Butler pointed out, you need to come to know him today. Jesus. Tomorrow's not And um, that's the greatest decision you can make. So with that, I want to say thank you so much, Bishop Enoch Noel Butler. Thank you so much, Reverend Dr. John thank Payton. You. Thank you so much. Elder Dr. Rudolph V. Wiggins for being my special guest today. And may God continue to bless you beyond what you can ask or even imagine. In Jesus' name. And may God return manifold, manifold blessings upon you, Pastor. Thank you so much. Amen. Amen.